Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Season's greetings. Merry Christmas, Wendy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mike. It's that time of year. Yeah. It's the holiday episode. It is that time of year. And it doesn't necessarily feel like it because it's, it's not a white Christmas. No, strange for, for Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's time it's usually, of year. It's usually very white, very cold. Um, this year, however, it's just a little bit cold and it's, it's going to be like a green Christmas here. It is. And that's kind of nice. It is. I, I mean, I went running the other day and it was sunny out. It was extremely windy, but... Mm-hmm. It was sunny out, and I was looking around going, you know, the grass is really green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's usually like, it's brown and dead by now, but... It was about 50 degrees on, you know, this week. Yeah. So, it, uh, so it's Crazy. a little bit different. I feel like it's like a Tennessee Christmas or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah. And then I think about the people in Florida or whatever, like Northern Florida, when they're like, I'm like, why? Every year? I wouldn't I wouldn't complain about that. No, it's... I'm I'm all right with yeah I'm delay, all right with that the too. delay of the snow. So everybody in the Midwest looking for a, a white Christmas, we apologize for that, but we'll try to make it up for you with all of our Christmas cheer, yes. and spirit. Ho ho in ho! This episode, <laughs> Wendy, you have um, a lot of Christmas cheer and spirit, didn't you? Just, didn't you just win a a, a contest? I did a Christmas I, contest. I won an ugly sweater contest last night. Okay, so I went to a party and it was an ugly sweater party, which is now the thing. The thing. Oh, yeah, everybody loves ugly sweaters. <laughs> it's all the rage. And um, yeah, so I just, I decided, you know, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out. So I, I dug through my Christmas bin and I took every bit of like decoration. And <laughs> so it wasn't just the sweater. It was kind of the full, okay, the full thing to give it more, you know, to give it 110%. All right. So did you so, have like a Rudolph nose and stuff like that? I didn't have the Rudolph like nose. Scarf <laughs> yeah, I had some garland that I made bracelets out of and i took some lights that were battery powered led lights and i used those for a belt and what else i had like a jingle bell necklace and um some candy cane earrings okay (laughs) so you had a full christmas thing yeah it was it was pretty fun it was nice to have people like just in a good mood and you know eating cookies and drinking holiday cheer yeah, and they were drinking. And where was it at? Uh, it was at Yahara Bay Distillery. Which okay, is, and so they, know, they make whiskey and stuff like that. They do. Yeah, they make Rocker spirits. Vodka, which is sponsored some of our events. Yeah, they make all kinds of spirits. Ah, uh, yes, which is appropriate for for Christmas because you know all the Christmas music that's been on. Yeah, there's so many weird songs. What do you think is the weirdest? Well, I always think of um, and I I mean I understand the Dickens reference and whatnot, but like in it's the most wonderful time. The mm-hmm. the part where it's like, there'll be scary ghost stories. Like yeah. who tells scary ghost stories? Ghost stories at Christmas. We actually talk about it in our episode. Okay. Last year. Oh, that's right. On Christmas ghost stories. Oh man. So, but we, I just, we, we do, we tell those stories with it. <laughs> okay. You're right. We do, but I don't know if the average the average person. So that song was written for us. Yes, it was. How lovely. Us and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, which reminds me, real quickly. Yeah. To the listeners. Listeners. If you are ever looking for the show notes for this podcast, just go to othersidepodcast.com slash 71. Uh, that's this episode. It's at number 71. But whatever the number of the episode is. So I realize we haven't been talking about that much in the right. past few episodes. So. so go through the show notes and you can just go number by number and you can look through if right. you're missing something and in each each uh, episode uh, at least for about the past i don't know 20 25 it pretty much gives you all the information in the podcast in mm-hmm. in, the, in the thing so if you don't have time to listen yes um, and you just want to like learn more about a topic right then you can do that by going to yeah otherside slash number or if you're exercising or driving or something and you miss part of it, you can always go back. But Mike does a very thorough job on the, sh- on the show notes, so they're definitely Thank worth you. checking out, I think. <laughs> right. Well, that, you try to make it so that you have something to read as well as listen to. Yeah. Sometimes it's information that's not even in the podcast, but extra stuff. Ooh, so it's, Yeah, so it's kind of like a deeper reading mm-hmm. you can find. That. And we linked up a whole bunch of stuff, too. So if you want to spend all day on a topic, 
you can start at that topic and then you can go from there. Like today, I would say for this particular episode, there's, you know, there's going to be 20 links that you can check out and read into um, if you're look, looking for some deeper uh, research into the monsters of Christmas. And why would you not want to research deeper on right. that topic? People don't realize that that's, and that's my favorite part of Christmas. You know, <laughs> I think, you know, first of all, I mean, winter is depressing. And, and that's why they, um, that's why they moved the Christmas celebration to winter. Because really, they thought that Jesus was born in September. Oh, that's right. So uh, when they were Christianizing Europe, mm-hmm. everybody already had like a winter solstice celebration. I the see. winter solstice is today, Monday, December 21st. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they had this a solstice celebration and it was known as the Yule. And so that's where we get the Yule Tide is the solstice ah, time and the yule log and, and you burn the yule log and the thing is is that when they were christianizing europe the missionaries wanted to have something to uh, they the people were going to celebrate anyway i see so they want to piggyback on the, the right fun. they're like you know what they're going to do this because people aren't going to give up a party just because they get a new god or sure. whatever so what they do is like okay guess what it's the time we party for jesus's birthday yeah so we're going to change this yule celebration from your pagan stuff to Jesus' birthday, mm. let's do it. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas in December. And Festivus. And, right, Festivus. <laughs> that's right, it's and Festivus. same thing. Yeah, pretty close. But the Festivus celebration, the Costanza, Costanza right. celebration. So I love that part about it. But that some of these pagan traditions um, still like went through into, into all of these ideas um, that there were monsters out there. And that the the veil between this world and the next world was a lot thinner because it's dark all the time. Ah, okay. And so they kind of they kind of kept with these things, even though the countries became yeah. Christianized. And that's, and the solstice is the the shortest daylight day of the year, right? Yes, the winter one. So so if you're in a place like Iceland, oh. which we'll talk about Iceland today, um, then it's going to be dark basically the whole time. Oof. You know, or the northern parts of Alaska, the Arctic Circle and stuff like that. It's going to be yeah. dark basically the whole time. So no wonder they have monsters at Christmas because that's dark. Darkness Scary. is when the monsters are out. And if you're dark, like if you're in Scandinavia or something and it's 20, you know, 20 hours of darkness. Yeah. It's a pretty scary and thing. And if they only come out at night, but night is the majority. Right. <laughs> so don't worry, the monsters only come out at night. Oh, and I forgot to say. It's always it, night. It, it's night forever. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you see that 30 Days of Night movie? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything here. It's a pretty good movie. It's about eight or nine years old now. And it's about a town in Alaska that (laughs) vampires come to because it's dark for like a month. Oh, perfect. So then vampires can stay out and do whatever they want and they don't have to party all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are really nasty vampires. Oh, like they don't, okay. they're, they're not like Lestat or whatever, where they're all kind of just <laughs> you're a trash or just have funny accents or just want to suck on your neck a little bit. Like, like these Lost monsters. Boys? No, the Lost Boys <laughs> uh, are at least kind of fun they look like they're having fun these vampires just look like all they want to do is eat people like they just suck your blood and kill you i don't like those vampires no you don't and so 30 (laughs) days a night is a pretty scary movie and it's all about that kind of Ah, okay uh, if you're in the arctic circle and it's dark for a long time Ooh, and we have friends up there we do have friends up so we actually know people who could be who could be attacked by vampires (gasps) right now at the darkest time of the year (laughs) so watch out make sure that you're uh eating your garlic so you can breathe on them. I did. I did today. I had a couple of cloves. Did you just before you came? Oh, super! Sure. Thanks, Mike. Great. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd make the studio. You're protecting both of us. Yeah. I well, I think it's important. <laughs> We're talking about these things, and it gets dark very early. That's true. It's already starting sh- to get sh- dark. Right, the shortest day of the year. So, uh, last year we covered Krampus. Yeah, and he got real popular this year. Krampus got hugely popular. Movie about Krampus mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So Krampus is like a big deal. I, I he doesn't even remember us. I know. The little people. Like, Come on. Re- remember when, Krampus? Like, we used to be pals. Right. And now that you're in Hollywood. Suddenly, yeah, forget I mean, about us. No, I saw him, like, uh, <laughs> I saw him, and he was at Starbucks with, like, Jake Gyllenhaal or something like that. <laughs> and he was, they were picking up, like, their lattes or whatever and Christmas right. cups and the whole deal. Yeah. And so, like, so he's hanging out with celebrities and he's doing that kind of thing. And he just doesn't have time for people like us anymore. <sighs> 
that you know we still think about him. So Jeez. I mean, Krampus is right now the most famous Christmas monster. Yeah. And if you missed our episode on Krampus, basically Krampus is the guy that punishes children. It's Austrian tradition. That's right. And he's like a Christmas demon. Yeah. Uh, and we'll link to that in the show notes and you can check that out and, and listen for some, some in-depth. In yeah, depth there is actual history there. That's it. pretty interesting. Yeah. And then, well, I haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't either. Um, but I, I, I plan on it. We'll have to, we'll report back next Christmas yeah. on whether the Krampus movie. That's right. Good. That sounds good. But there's a whole bunch of other monsters at Christmas. And I mean, these are mostly European. Like, so Christmas here, I mean, I guess St. Nick gave me coal one year because I was bad. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I got coal to let me know that I've been bad, like a lump of coal in my stocking. How bad were, what did you do? I don't know, probably talk back to my mother or... Naughty Mike. Didn't obey my parents or whatever. You were so, bad. I mean... Did, did, so did that give you enough time to to change your ways before Santa? Yes. Okay. It did. Gotcha. So that was kind of like the a warning, warning flare. If you don't get, if you don't, uh, if you don't start um, shape acting up and behaving a little yeah. better, then Santa's not going to bring anything. Wow, Santa's going to bring you some cold man. too. So, uh, did you ever, did you ever get punished by Santa Claus? No. No, I always got candy in my. We put our shoes out for Saint Nick's, and okay. always got candy in that, and. Um, Gifts. Well, you must have been a good little I girl. I was a good little girl. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Tried anyway. Well, um, I, w- I was not a good little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Any- honestly, like that, that threat of getting coal or, or not getting gifts, as, no. as often as it was used, I never knew anyone who actually got like, it. Yeah. had it delivered. I got some <laughs> so coal for St. Nick's Day. Not on Christmas. Not on actual Christmas. I, l- I changed my ways. Uh-huh. Well, shaped, that's good. Shaped up, stopped misbehaving. Stopped sassing back. But the thing is, like, okay, so I got coal when I wasn't a, a good boy. <laughs> well, some of these other guys deliver things a little bit more intense mm, than coal. Okay, so now we're, we're getting into, into monster territory here. Yeah, well, I mean, we can start with this French guy. Ooh, and, la and, la. and you know French better than I do, Wendy. Mais oui, the, bien um, sûr. I, uh, I know very little. Um, but um, Père Fertard. I don't know if that's how you say not it. Not bad, not bad. Okay. His name translates to uh, Father Whipper. Whoa, I was wondering. I didn't recognize that. The fouetard. Yeah, it means whipper. So I don't know, I don't know what kind of French, <laughs> French people you've been, French hanging, class. you've been hanging around with, but uh, I recommend uh, to hanging out with someone who can wow. teach you the whipping. Father Whipper. The most popular story about Father Whipper it was first told in 1150. So... It's a local butcher who captures three boys that appear to be uh, wealthy, well-to-do, rich little boys. And along with his wife, he kills the children in order to rob them. Oh, who kills kids? Father Whipper does. But he was an actual person, though. Well, this is the legend. Okay, sorry. And so in one of the versions of the story, he drugs the children, slits the throats, cuts them into pieces, and then stews them in a barrel. And so... St. Nick hears about this. He discovers the crime and he resurrects the children. So it's got a happy ending. So St. Nick brings them back to life. And after this, Father Whipper repents, says, I'm really sorry. I killed these kids to rob them. And then he becomes St. Nick's partner. Oh, okay. So that's like his rehabilitation. And in another version, like St. Nick, he uh, captures the father, or Pierre Fouton, and uh, forces him to become his assistant. So he like enslaves oh okay I'm trying to think who that re- that reminds me of it harkens a different story that i was well there's a couple of different okay. ones that are much like like saint nick but, seems to be really good at capturing demons okay like the you know the the sidekick oh i know um in the name of the wind mm, the bast yeah that's what it reminded bast. me of yeah yeah i can i can see that and if you guys haven't read in the name of the wind yet uh, or Do the, it right the, now. Name of, the name of the wind. The name of the wind. Sorry. Press pause. Go to the library. Get Pick it. it up. Pick it up. Written by a fine Wisconsin author from Stevens yeah. Point. You're gonna you're gonna really enjoy that. Uh, that I mean, if the third book ever comes out, which I we'll wait. we'll find out. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Sidetrack. No, but, that's but that what, is, is kind of like that. How uh, Kvoth right uh, captures Bast in the name of the wind. Yeah. But the thing is, he beats kids who are bad. So, like I said, like I get a bunch of coal. That's well, imagine if they're like, well, Father Whipper's coming. You know, Father uh, Whipper's coming. And he, if you're bad, he's going to beat gonna you. You're going to get your butt kicked. Yeah. 
And oh, that's kind of a harsh. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's, like, that's the thing. Behave, yeah. Like. Well, I mean, this is a this is a more savage time. I mean, we're talking about the Middle Ages here, yeah. uh, when the legend is created, and so they had, really they, had, they had a lot of less time. There was less timeouts. Uh-huh. You didn't get a timeout in the Middle Ages. You got beaten. Oh, man. And uh, so, in some French popular culture, he shows up. Uh, there's a song uh, about Santa Claus's daughter. And that's about the son of Father Whipper has a crush on Santa Claus's daughter. So that sounds kind of nice, like they get together. Interesting. Um, there's a restaurant in Paris named Le Père Fiatat. So the, the, oh, really? The, the Father Whipper. Yep. Cool. And there's a, uh, there's a piano piece that's about this other character that's like uh, Father Whipper named uh, Necht Ruprecht. Okay. With, or Knecht Ruprecht. And um, actually, Knecht Ruprecht is played one time. He's brought up on The Office. Dwight okay. dresses up like him oh, at a funny. Christmas party. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, they, but they call that piano piece sometimes by this character's name. So, oh, how can I forget? There's even a cologne. It's named no. After oh yeah, by a place called the Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab, huh. which they create perfume oils, and uh, his evokes sense of coal dust, black licorice. <laughs> And whip leather. I was gonna say, like, if you smell that, you better run. Right. Like, if you smell <laughs> if you smell Pierre Frotard coming, you better run away. get out of town. And so that's just, I mean, Christmas monsters like Krampus, sure, mm. but all over Europe they had these different ones. And that that one's more of a an actual human. Yes, it's just a really mean, horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a guy that committed Abusive, a, hor- dude. a horrible crime. Yeah. And then so that makes him extra scary because right because yeah, it's like oh he was he a kills person kids. he's not just a demon like he was a person that killed kids yeah. and that kind of brings us to our next one and uh, Frau Perkta. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Frau Perkta, she does the same kind of thing that Father Whipper does, and she uh, is more like in the upper German regions of the Alps. Okay, so this whole area, like everybody seems to have uh, their own monster. Um, some of the things I like that Frau Perkta does is if you're naughty, she will disembowel you and replace your insides with garbage. No. Yeah. Oh my God, that's disgusting. Yeah. So these guys, I mean. Who even like came up with that? Well, the thing is, is there was an old pagan goddess that lived in the mountains as well. And they said that she created the snow. Okay. So she would punish children in the pre-Christian times and also was the one that brought the snow every winter. So she was the witch. Okay. And so this witch would tear out your insides and replace them with trash. Oh, gosh. I know. And so, uh, no, Frau Perkta is in Grimm's fairy tales too. So Ooh, I love Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. And so she has one large foot sometimes called a goose foot or a swan foot. Okay. And Jacob Grimm from the uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales thought the strange foot symbolized her being a higher being who could shapeshift to animal form. And she roams the countryside at midwinter and enters home between the 12 days of Christmas, between Christmas and the Epiphany. So that's the traditional time uh, between Christmas Eve and January 6th, the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... She would know whether the children and young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard all year. And if they had, they might find a small silver coin the next day in a shoe or a pail. And if they had not, well, then it's time for garbage in your guts. (laughs) That's extortion. She was particularly concerned to see that girls had spun the whole of their allotted portion of flax or wool during the year. So she wanted to make sure that the clothes were finished. Okay, and that's that's one of the first we will we will talk about clothes being finished again. Okay, when we talk about the Icelandic Yule cat. So she wanted to make sure that the sweatshops were operating fully, well, or that everybody had. Yeah, she's she's huge in Vietnam. Frau well, Park is all over Vietnam, finding them, making sure that people finish their. But the uh, kids, their kids, like right. she's cracking the whip on them, making them. But the kids you know, used to have to make their own clothes, um, and when winter time comes, and if the clothes aren't ready, you freeze. It's going to be a cold winter. Mm-hmm. So Frau Perkta was there to make sure that everybody, number one, behaved, and number yeah. two, had clothes ready. for a cl- Took care of their basic needs. Yeah, for, for a cold winter okay. in the Alps. Because huh. she's going to make it snow. 
Yeah. Like, like she's like, you better have your. I'm gonna make the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring the snow. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it. <laughs> I'm bring you the snow. And so so bundle up, and uh, and if you don't, well, you know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna slit your belly open like <gasps> Luke slid open the tauntaun oh, and slept inside no. of it inside of Empire Strikes Back. Hey, it's a Star oh, Wars. Oh yeah, I know. For Star Wars week. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't even mention that sooner, but. Well, we talked about it last week, how the Star Wars people you were sick of it all over Facebook. But now I just want to see it. I know. I and I didn't get tickets too. yet. So it's probably going to be a month before I can even get a ticket. Well, I really, I mean, of course, I love Star Wars and I really want to see it. And I'm excited about it. You know, thinking about the Tauntaun, I've been uh, trying to sell those things for my mother. Oh, right. Any success? No success whatsoever. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm shocked. People didn't want an original Yoda in the box from Empire Strikes Back. At least at the price that I started at. So I might go back and, and try to relist some things. But it made me think of, because she sent me a picture of the Tauntaun. And so the, the Star Wars Tauntaun that you would get, actually, you could open up its no. belly. Yeah. Oh, that's it had so a cool. Space to open up that's its great. to put Luke inside. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I mean, he disemboweled At least him. you're putting a Luke in there and not a bunch of garbage. Not a bunch of garbage. So you can, you can be your own Frau Perkta right? with your Empire Strikes Back <laughs> toys. Okay. And you know, it's see. I don't know why German-speaking Europe is where all the terror happens. You're right. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think of Germans as particularly cold. That would be safe yeah. for the Scandinavian countries. Oh, nice. But we always do think of them as harsh disciplinarians. True. You know that, that work ethic and right. The German mm-hmm. like ah, you know, and people yeah. people think of Germans as uh, a, a cruel people. <laughs> well. And when they got people like Knecht Ruprecht, and you got people like Krampus, and you got people like Belsnickel. Okay. Belsnickel? Yeah. Um, Belsnickel is a uh, crotchety, fur-clad Christmas gift-bringer in the folklore of southwestern Germany along the Rhine, and also in some Pennsylvania Dutch communities. Mm. So Belsnickel even showed up. Wow. And made it over the ocean. Made it over the United States. So he's a man wearing furs and sometimes a mask with a long tongue. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, like Gene Simmons or something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, check this out. Ah. Uh, he is. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's typically very raggy and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, mm. and he carries a switch in his hand with which he beats naughty children. Whoa. But he also has a pocket full of cake, candies, and nuts mm. for the good one. In Austria, he's accompanied by Krampus. Like, so they can show up together. Sometimes Bell's okay, Nickel and Krampus. I like that. I like that idea. Well, show up. No, he doesn't show up with Santa Claus. He's his own. Yeah. It's like Santa Claus, like St. Nicholas is just like, you know what, Bell's Nickel? You handle the whipping <laughs> and I'll bring the G.I. Joes or Good whatever. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. So he comes alone. And but what is he has candy and stuff though? Yeah, because he's just in case he runs into somebody who's good. Okay. Yeah, and actually in Mar- Allegheny County, Maryland, there's a uh, from the 1830s. They talk a little bit about Bell's Nickel. Said he was known as Chris Kinkle, Bell's Nickel, and sometimes as the Christmas Woman. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So he, I guess he could change it, uh, genders at will as well. Okay. Children then not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him, or rather his stripes upon their backs with his switch. The annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideously ugly fizz. I don't know what that is. Hmm. I'll have to look that up. Generally wore female garb, hence the name Christmas Woman. Okay. Sometimes it would be a veritable woman, but with masculine force and action. He or she would be equipped with an ample sack about the shoulders filled with cakes, nuts, and fruits, and a long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it as well as sting. One would scatter the goodies upon the floor, and then the scramble would begin by the delighted children. And the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of the excited oh youngsters, God, who would trap. not show a wince. But had it been parental discipline, there had been screams to reach a long distance. So they didn't have Santa Claus back in the 1830s in this county in That's Maryland. So weird. But they did have Belsnickel come, and it's like a trap that he sets out for the kids, yeah. and then he whips them. Yeah, here's the, hey, have some candy. Yeah! Mm. Slam! <laughs> Slam, you've been bad. Oh, he wouldn't stop it's crying. So bad. Yeah. And so, yeah. This really messed up. Yeah, well, that's how they did things back in the day. And so, um, anyway, yeah, Bell Snickle, as far out to Indiana and stuff like that, he would come out and uh, 
All right. So that's just a couple. I mean, Christmas monsters, they abound. Just one quick question on that mm-hmm. one. So Bell's Nickel, is is the Nick in there related to St. Nicholas or mm-hmm. derived from that? It's somehow? like a bastardization. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Of like they, they take that and they put him in because it's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like St. Nick. But he's like a but, creepy version yeah, that he, like he, he didn't quite make it through the, the transporter with all the molecules back together. Right. right. He's all like, raggedy and just beats yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know what? List, Aww. naughty, nice, naughty, nice. Whatever. <laughs> You're naughty. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> You're all naughty. Yep. So Bell's nickel. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. Yeah. First of all, being a kid in the 1830s in the United States sounds like it was probably crappy already because it's going to be cold. You don't have like video yeah, games. Yeah, miserable. Oh, you don't have video games. Oh, you gotta, man. You know, you're edu- like maybe you have a one room schoolhouse or whatever. You know, when you think about the way we had it as kids or anybody maybe in the 20th oh, yeah, century had it as children, like that's super, like we had it super easy. And like Santa Claus, like you said, like good little girls didn't even have right. to worry about lumps of coal or anything like that. Well, Nobody escaped the whip of the bell's nickel. It's horrible. Anyway, I love that guy. But it sounds like they were tough kids though, because they didn't cry. Right. Like that was the right. That was the point yeah. they could take it, and they had yeah. to, they had to be tough because when those pioneer winners weakness. and stuff don't show weakness, <laughs> or you're gonna die in the frontier, child. Right. Uh, yeah, I wish that what's her name would talk about stuff like that. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, yeah. No, I was. That's exactly what I was thinking of when you were saying, you know, we had it so good. And then I was thinking about how, you know, they would get like one piece of peppermint candy from, you know, the candy mm-hmm. store and it was, they'd savor it for weeks, you know, because right. it was such so a treat. Excited. And now we're just surrounded by like, right. Oh, stuff all the time. Sugar continual. up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and as much candy as we want. You know, oh, it's like yeah. sometimes it's when an I'm unlimited supply of candy. So I, I was buying a Snickers bar the other day and Snickers <laughs> is my that's my kryptonite. Really? I thought Reese's peanut butter cups were. Uh, well, I never. Oh, feel, a conflict here. <laughs> yeah. I never feel bad when I eat a Reese's peanut butter cup because I just feel like I'm giving myself a real treat. <laughs> Snickers is just like, well, I couldn't have dinner. Oh, you're right. Because it has peanuts in it. So therefore it's like protein. Right. So you think so Snickers is like a shameful. I've done that at work for lunch before. Yeah. Um, well, I should probably have a Snickers. So it's like a shameful hobo dinner that I'll have. <laughs> shameful. <laughs> and when I do that, you're just like, oh, man. But the thing is, lately, I haven't just been buying the Snickers bar. Because I'll have you. the two, two for one, or the two Snickers bars in one thing now. Oh, I know that is. And you're like, well, it's not really one full size bar. Oh. It's like two three quarters bars for this price. So I probably should buy the two. And they're always like, you never one. save the other one right. for later. Save you're for like, later. Get out of town. Like once, once the candy bar wrapper has been opened, it is to be it's consumed. Gone. Exactly. Because then what happens if you? Okay, what happens? You, 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 you tape it shut. You twist it, but then it comes untwisted, and then it or it melts. Right. It always ends up somewhere where it's gonna melt. It's chocolate on the car right. seat, and or don't... little bits of chocolate go flying out, and then you find little like brown melted. Yeah, little chocolate spots you're like, all oh over God, everything. What's this? Yeah, not good. Yeah, did something happen? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm with you, and so that's why uh, Snickers. I'm just saying we're spoiled. Candy is everywhere. I'm, try, I'm trying to it's, get that. We're spoiled. Yes. Laura Ingalls Wilder was not spoiled. Omnipresent. In other generations, they had a little cake. And like, oh, I'm so happy with this little cake. And it was accompanied by a beating. Yeah. And we have all we want all the time. It's, and so let's just, I'm just appreciating the fact that. that we can really enjoy that. Yeah, have and a pretzel, Mike. Like, oh, I, I will have a little <laughs> bit. And like, But like Laura Ingalls Wilder, it would get so cold. I mean, she would tell us, like, there's that one thing they talk about, like the cow's tongue being stuck to the ground. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And oh. and then the cows would just die. So horrible. Like, that's it. Like, well, cows, I mean, yeah. so. It's, it's uh, crazy to think of. And you have to worry about getting beaten by, like, scary, uh, scary right. Christmas monsters. So we have another scary Christmas monster. Okay. Who's next? Uh, Hans Trapp. Ooh. So according to the legend, during the 15th century, there's a rich and powerful man who lived in the heart of Alsace. His name was Hans Trapp. And the people of Alsace knew him to be vain, cunning, heartless, and cruel. His life was given over to lawlessness and debauchery. I like him already. And his only goal was to enrich himself by all means necessary. Uh It's said that he worshipped Satan and used black magic and occult rituals to obtain his wealth and hold on to his power. So he was arrested and brought toward the Pope in Rome, excommunicated from the church for the crime of sacrilege. Then he was 
ostracized by the local people. Everyone fled him as if he was a wild beast. His money and land was confiscated and he was left penniless. Well, forced into exile in the forest and isolated from the rest of society, he lost his mind and spent his days brooding and dreaming of revenge. His anger and resentment were intensified and he became more deeply devoted to Satan. So when he became, went mad, he dreamt of eating human flesh. Ew. The evil man was obsessed with the desire to bite into the flesh of a human arm, leg, or thigh and Yuck. roamed the countryside disguised as a scarecrow by stuffing his ragged clothes with straw. And so he spent his time oh, gathering man. sticks and hay and lying in wait looking for the perfect victim. Okay? So uh, Hans Trapp captured a 10-year-old boy and then he was going to kill him and eat him. And as he stared at the young boy, he began drooling at the mouth. And before he knew what was Ugh. happening, Hans pounced on the boy, attacked him viciously, and ran him through with a sharpened stick. Ew. And then he cut him into pieces and, and ate him uh, over an open fire. So b- before he was able to actually eat him, God struck him down with a bolt of lightning. Sweet intervention. Right. <laughs> so he came through, struck him down with a bolt of lightning, and now Hans Trap goes from house to house clad in a scarecrow disguise, scaring the life out of small children and drooling greedily over their tender flesh. So Hans Trap is coming is like the little warning if you're bad. Okay, a lot like the other, uh, like, mm-hmm. Père Fouetteur. Yeah, so like they were using that. And But the thing is, is that he was kind of based on a real person. Yeah. But but the the real person was named um, Hans von Trotha, and as a German knight, he had lived in the area and he had feuded with the abbot the local mm-hmm. religious person in the 15th century. They'd gone into a feud. They basically fought each other because abbots had political power back in the day, not just religious power. So, And they even had soldiers and things like that okay. that were pledged to them. Yeah. So he got into a feud with the abbot and eventually was excommunicated from the church, but actually served as like an ambassador to France for a little while and stuff like that. <laughs> so even after he was excommunicated. So... He didn't really rip apart any children and roast them over an open fire and was not struck dead by a lightning bolt. But he was a real person, which probably made the threat scarier to kids, you know. Absolutely. When their parents are like, oh, well, and, this and, guy. And also, when they talk about he only cares about enriching himself, and he's a Satanist, mm-hmm. and he's turned his back on God. So the abbot... Demonizing using, him. Yeah, the abbot was demonizing him. Interesting. To all the townspeople about saying how this guy was such a horrible person. Hmm. And so it's interesting. But imagine that. Like, you're just a guy, and maybe he was a jerk in real life, because I I said he was over two meters tall. So he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might scare people already. Like, you don't know anything like that. But uh, the fact is, your legacy is you were remembered as somebody who, like, lays waiting. Murders children. Murders them and eats them. Brutally. Right. All this stuff just makes me think of the original, like, the fairy tales and stuff like that. Very much like the grim stuff. Yeah, like in Cinderella. And we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have to have an episode on the real fairy tales. But you talk about how, how Cinderella, like her sisters, like they, they were cutting off their toes to make their shoes oh fit. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know? Just very gruesome. Snow White is tortured after she wakes up. Like all those original tales are just, they're absolutely not for Disney. Right. You know, kind of like, yeah. oh, and there was a happy ending. Nope, this guy got struck by lightning no, and now he'll come very... to your house and hands trapped. We'll take care of business. TCB. Rice? Kids get boiled in pots all the time in those things. Like Yeah, they do. St- stuck in ovens and cooked and like and horrible. It, and it's not even just something like, you know, like, oh, Krampus will take you away. Krampus will drag no, you to hell. No, it's, it's right. You know what we're going to do? You're going to get disemboweled and <laughs> take out your bowels and it put so garbage in there. Yeah, is it really necessary to be that graphic for well, children? the kids might have been tougher back then. They're That's like, true. I'm not scared of that. And then you'd be like, well, yeah, what happens when or, he slits your belly? Maybe they were brattier too, so they needed, you know. Sure, they could have been worse. Deeper threats for punishment. Well, they had to be beaten all the time. So what did you say? I mean, what kind of kids are those? So let's move on to a happier monster. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. Um, and this one is from South Wales. Okay. okay? My Welsh is, is horribly out to excuse me. Okay. Um, that was... Uh, when I went to Wales and Ireland, they have all of the signs in English and in Welsh That's and in cool. Gaelic and stuff like that. And so I would always try to pronounce it just in, a, in the worst accent. Oh, in a, in a very American accent. Yeah. Like, so uh, I'll do this. Um, Mary Lewid. 
Oh. Mary Lewid is, I think, how you pronounce it. M-A-R-I-L-W-Y-D. So uh, Mary Lewid is a hobby horse. And you know what a hobby horse is? It's a, it's a little, uh, it's a horse's head. Not a real horse's head. Mm-hmm. Not yet. It's a, like a fake horse's head attached to a stick. Oh, right. So it's like, hey. Kids run around with yeah. them and pretend like it's, they're it's also a, It's also yeah. a store where you can buy paints for your model airplanes. Oh, funny. <laughs> But, you know, so they have the hobby horse and the stick. And, but the Mary Lewid is a real horse's skull. What? Yeah. And there's a great picture we're looking at right now. Oh, gosh. It's of so creepy. A, uh, a green Christmas ornament, <laughs> like, inside the skull for an it's eye. It's really disgusting. And it's got some ribbons up on the top. And then you put a cloth behind it, and somebody stands under the cloth. And then the hobby horse leads people around. Okay? Okay. So, and there's a bunch of dudes... Maybe women now too, but they just say traditionally a group of young men take the uh, Mary Lewid and run around from like place to place and they sing songs. The tradition is you sing songs to the people inside the house and you try to let it, you know, have them let you come in. With the horse head? Yeah, the horse's head I'm sure would, would come. I mean, everybody's singing the song, but maybe the horse, I mean, the horse just head runs is around like, and dances like, and stuff. dancing around okay. and stuff like, yeah, like they're not operating it like a little puppet like, <laughs> the like, mouth is, is like sinking the along like, to the, yeah. the words merry christmas oh god why'd you do that that's just terrifying okay so the horse's head is open you know no um <laughs> so they're doing that with the horse skull and then it's like a little song and dance they have back and forth so uh-huh. the people on the inside have a song too so the traditional that song answer right it's probably like get lost you losers <laughs> in welsh you know, we don't need you to like, bring your... Here, your we come, cr- here we come a caroling and we won't leave until you give us some figgy pudding yeah, or whatever. Yeah, give us that like, figgy pudding. Yeah. And they do that and then they answer something like, oh, you know, leave. We're not going to give you free stuff. And then they do it again. And then eventually the idea is that the people get let in and then oh, they get okay. some drinks and food and stuff like that. that. Probably fun. get a beer or something. Yeah. Some wassail. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a wassailing folk custom. Cool. Um, that sounds kind of fun, actually. Yeah. We should, we should try it. Yeah, I think we should and see if we can get some of that hot mulled cider. Mm, yummy. Man, mulled cider sounds good right now. It does. Especially hot mulled cider. Yeah. Um, but I'm just looking for some anesthetic for my, my broken tooth, Aww. I think. That it, might do the job, actually. That would be. That would be. Or at and, least help a little. Well, let me see if I can find a horse's skull around okay. here. Okay. You get the horse's the skull. I'll get the sheets. Great. And, and I'll meet you. <laughs> Right. We'll meet you at the corner. We'll go down the street and see who lets us in. <laughs> I bet we'll do really well. <laughs> I think so too. It's kind of like busking, right? <laughs> it is a little bit. It's exactly like busking, except, well, except we don't usually carry a zombie horse. Right, right. <laughs> Just so, mixes it up a little. That, I mean, I, was, I thought that was a fun one. And that's a little nice coming off of the uh, child beaters that the rest of them seem I, to yeah, be. Yeah, I agree. It's always threats. Well, you know, we were talking about darkness in parts of the world and this time of year and it's the shortest day of the year mm-hmm. and so another place it's dark a lot of the time is scandinavia ah. they are pretty high up there and they have a have a little uh, christmas tradition of the tompton okay and so the tompton looks like a little gnome with the be- oh. like old man with a beard stuff and i guess he's cute but it's supposed to be the spirit of the first person that lived on the farm. Okay. So, and traditionally, what they did was they would bury the dead of the family in different mounds on the farm. Oh, And okay. so that's where the Tompton lived. And he would show up and knock on the door and stuff like that. And he would bring riches to the farm as well. Like, mm. So he was a good luck charm and stuff. And... Also could do some, quote unquote, ungodly work. Steal things from the neighbors. Ooh, bad. Right. Bad gnome. Yeah. And, so, and that's the thing is that people could be as accused of like a witchcraft thing because they're Tomton, <gasps> oh. the spirit of their farm. Okay, so let's say the neighboring farm doesn't have a good season and the crops are, mm-hmm. are crap. And so who do you blame it on? And the tradition is you blame, and people blame things on a witch. Yeah, and you know, I, I watched a, a special on cannibalism not too long ago. Okay, as I am wont to do. Sure, yeah. And it was in, in Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and these guys were talking about this is the 20th century. This is happening, and these guys, 
they would go and if they had a bad season or couldn't get enough food or anything, they would suspect a neighboring tribe of having a witch or warlock or, you know, just a, a magic user, a shaman, okay. mm-hmm. a magic user. I mean, obviously, I'm like, it's showing my D&D roots there. You know, a magic user. Right. But there would be some kind of magician yeah. or a sorcerer, I think Mystic is a better term, or whatever, yeah. in the other town that was causing them to have a bad... I see. So, Someone to place the blame on. Right. Because if that tribe was having a good year mm-hmm. and this tribe was having a bad year, yeah, they well, clearly did something. It was the warlock that yeah. stole the mojo. Yeah. Well, what they would do back in Papua New Guinea is they would go and they would capture that person, bring him back, oh, no. and eat him. Oh, no. And that's just kind of, that's how they dealt with business. Wow. So I was thinking you were going to say that the neighbor, like his, his uh, plow disappears or something and it shows up at your farm and you're just like, I don't know. How, I, it must have been Tompton. Must have been I that didn't Tompton guy, you know. Um, Sven, the Tompton. Well, the thing is, they traditionally, they give porridge. They bring porridge over to the burial mound at oh, Christmas okay. time. And so that's a little Christmas gift for the Tompton, the little gnome that helps out your farm and hinders other people's farm. At Christmas like time. Yes. But he, I mean, he'll do that all year round. Oh, I see. So the tradition is the Christmas tradition to the Christmas take tradition care of him. Is to, is to do something nice for your Tompton. Hmm. I mean, that's probably kind of like how they leave out the uh, chair for the prophet Elijah and there's a Jewish holiday where they do that. Oh, so okay. like a little idea of yeah. honoring uh, your ancestors or holding, holding on to that tradition. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a tale where a Norwegian maid decides to eat the porridge herself instead of taking it to the Tompton. And then he beats her. <laughs> Gosh. So wow. the thing is, like, have you eaten the porridge for the Tomta? You have to dance with him now. And that's... Yeah, dance. Right. So that's... Man, that's that must be some good porridge. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess whenever I've had porridge, like cream of wheat or whatever, like, you're not going to see me, like, risk Like, a gobbling that down, right. Yeah, like, like mm. oh, this is so good. I can't wait. <laughs> like, I know I'm going to catch hell for this. From the spirit that inhabits the burial mounds on our farm. But it's worth it because it's so good. <laughs> this is really tasty. Put some brown sugar in this cream of wheat. You guys should check this out. Merry Christmas. Ah! Um, <sighs> so, I mean, as we're making our way through Europe, I mean, the Tompton's kind of a cute one. Yeah. You know, in the low countries. I love saying the low countries. Uh, and you think of that like Belgium, the Netherlands. Uh, Luxembourg, mm-hmm. where I think that's where all the Huberties are from. Really? That's, I heard that, that Luxembourg, Your folk. my folk, the ancestral home. Really? Okay. Interesting. Of the Huberties. That's and pretty I, cool. I have no idea if that's true, yeah. but that's just something that just somebody was telling me like, oh yeah, you know, that's Huberty's a very popular name in Luxembourg. Huh. And I'm like, sweet. I'd like to be from a country that most people don't know exists. <laughs> but well, they have this guy named Black Peter. Okay. Zwarte Piet. Mm-hmm. And they traditionally, so, okay. He's said to be black because he's a Moor from Spain. Okay. So if you go, as go back to the Middle Ages, I'm sorry, before the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. the Moors had come up from North Africa into Spain and taken over most of Spain. I mean, that's one of the reasons that Spanish people have darker skin. Okay. And until the year 742, like the Moorish expansion was stopped by a guy named Charles the Hammer Martel, which is, I mean, it's an awesome name for a professional yeah. wrestler today. Right. It's even better for a tough guy back right. in 742. Wow. So, I mean, because Spain's much closer to Africa than obviously these Belgium is. Right. So that, that Moorish expansion. And then the Crusades happened and then we were fighting the Moors. I mean, the, the Europeans mm-hmm. were fighting the Moors, the West against uh, the Middle East during the Crusades. And so Black Peter was a Moor from Spain. And well, when they have him in parades, people dress up in blackface. Okay. Okay. And so obviously in the United States, that doesn't have a very... Yeah, that's a bit that's, of... That is a no-no. Frowned upon. To dress up, uh, you know, as somebody... Right. Of, and, and probably because... They black, still do that there? Well, yeah, but they don't have the, they don't have the cultural thing. Like, so we had white entertainers in the early part of the 20th century, uh, dress right, up in okay. blackface yeah. and do caricatures yeah. of African, African-Americans. African sure. And they don't have that tradition in Belgium. They just have the tradition of like, well, we fought the Moors mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so he's part of the annual feast of, of St. Nicholas. And 
he's the same kind of thing uh, as everybody else. So Black Peter comes in and, well, if you're bad, he'll beat you. <laughs> like, that's the I'm, thing. The theme that's, is continuing. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and so, like, in, in some of the traditions, it's like uh, Black Peter may not be a Moor. He might be a devil. And so St. Nicholas had conquered this devil. Oh, okay. And he had indentured him as a servant. I see. Okay. You know, you work for me now. I've conquered you. And it's your job to dole out the punishments. Uh, while I again the with a good cop, bad cop. Right. St. Nick. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of like Krampus, but just everybody mm. has their own version of the yeah, Punisher. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it... And it makes me like, why don't we have a Punisher in the United States? I mean, we have the Punisher, the comic book character, but why don't we have a Punisher? Hmm. Like, is it because that doesn't sell? I don't know. That's you know a really good mean? question. Yeah. Like we have this whole thing where you buy presents for everybody on Christmas and, and December is the whole reason that most of our stores are even open. Yeah. That's right. You know, because all the profits Black made in Friday. December. Right. <laughs> and right. What if they called it Black Peter Friday and then they just <laughs> sold like whips and switches and st- like I would wait in line for Black Peter Friday. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Yeah. And so, because uh, before Santa, before um, Sinterklaas, before their, their St. Nicholas, he would do all the punishments himself. Okay. So he used to be the, the, the bearer of bad news yeah. or whatever. Okay. So they would bring that bad cop in there so he could kind of outsource the beatings. Uh, and that's a little bit of what they did. So Black mm-hmm. Peter, and you know, there are some people now that find the, the cultural appropriation of dressing yourself in blackface and as mm-hmm. a moor and stuff like that as kind of not uh it's inappropriate yeah it's not it's not inappropriate for you know 21st century celebration we're more of a global world and then other Mm. people say like it's a harmless tradition from Uh you know the middle ages and stuff so you know maybe they don't have to like put the makeup on or something and yeah plus there's plenty of other mean characters to choose from i was gonna say i mean monsters are are great but you know talking about we've gone from germany france austria Scandinavia, the low countries. Mm-hmm. And, well, let's talk about a place where it is dark all the time in this time, Ooh. and that's Iceland. Yeah, it is. Right? So, I mean, Iceland's a, an isolated place in between the United States and Europe. I mean, North America. Actually, you can walk between the continental shelves. That's cool. So uh, on, so you can walk on the, the Eurasian continental shelf, and then you can walk on the North American nice. continental shelf. There's a little bridge, actually, between the two continents. That's in cool. I went on it, and it was pretty fun. What? I mean, it just because I was like, hey, look, I'm in North America. Hey, look, I'm in Europe. <laughs> and, look at me now. I'm over here. Now look at me. That's really about the exciting part of it. It's like crossing the continental divide in Colorado or whatever. Yeah, right? I, or standing in the, the four corners. Yep. Or like one of those types of... Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look, I'm in Arizona. Hey, look, I'm in New Mexico. Hey, look, I'm in the desert. <laughs> So in Iceland, it's like, hey, look, I'm in the middle of the ocean. And, <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, it was a, a small population. Right now, Iceland's like 300,000 people. Wow. So you can picture what it's like in the Middle Ages when you have maybe 10,000, 20,000 people. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really small colony. So they have a pretty hard life there. Yeah. Number one, because you don't see a lot of trees in Iceland because it's all volcanic rock. Volcanic rock means no arable soil. Uh-huh. No arable soil means you're out of luck for trees. I hope you like fish, <laughs> basically. So Iceland has um, some monsters associated with Christmas itself. Harsh okay. landscape, harsh legends. One of them being the Yule Cat. That sounds cute. Okay, the Yule Cat does sound like, oh, oh he's a little oh, no, here cat it that cuddles with you and everything when it's time for Christmas, like maybe by the, that Yule it's log like fire. Purring. Meow. The name is... Uh, Yolakator. Mm. Okay. Yolakator. A huge and vicious cat sent to lurk about the snowy countryside during Christmas time, and he eats people who haven't received any new clothes. That's not cute. So this is another thing. The parents will say to the kids, if you haven't gotten any new clothes yet, well, you better watch out because the Yule cat is going to come and eat you alive. Why would he do that? Well, because if they haven't finished... They're weaving. If they haven't finished making their clothes, okay. well, that means it's going to be a cold winter. So get your clothes finished so that you can be warm this winter. So it's, it's a lot like the Frau. Yeah, Frau Pekta. Yeah. Frau Pekta. Similar kind of thing. 
comes and and so the 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 demonic Yule cat will come and eat you alive if you haven't finished your clothes. So that's just a little warning. That's like, interesting. I mean, because that's one of the only ones that's not like a, a humanoid, <laughs> right? You know. I mean, I guess the gnome, the Tomton, whatever. But but everybody else is it's, it's like a witch. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad person. They're not like beasts. Yeah, you know. So the, the Yule, um, but the Yule cat's huge. It's nasty, and just make sure you finish your clothes. I'll say. And I just, <laughs> I just love all these things that parents use to make sure that children. Behave. I know it's so. Okay, I mean, I Terrible. I think of it like the Elf on the Shelf or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, everybody's. I mean, the Elf on the Shelf has made so much money. And no, did you see there's crazy. a thing like somebody volunteered to be the human Elf on the Shelf? No. Like you can pay him to come sit what? at your house. <laughs> That's really creepy. Yeah, Why just, would you do that? Well, probably to scare the crap out of your kids. My cousins had an actual videotape of Santa Claus. They caught him? Yeah. So my cousins were one of the first people in the family to get a, a, a camcorder in the early 80s, right? Yeah. Somebody's so always got to... We all go visit at Christmas and the, and the kid's like, hey, we got, we got Santa Claus on video. Like, really? My dad set up the camcorder the night before so we could get it on video and... And they have it. They have the footage. Yeah, and they, they got proof. the footage. And so you see him, like he appears in like a blink, like snaps his fingers. Oh, that's funny. Dis- like puts the presents under the tree and then just disappears. <laughs> cool. We always and wanted to do that. And it's in their house. Yeah. You always wanted to? Oh, yeah. My sister and I, as soon as we had the video camera, it was like, can we set up the camera and, you know, record? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we never, I, I can't remember the, uh, the rationale for us right. not actually being able to do it, but... I Never think did. when I wanted to set up a tripwire or whatever, because <laughs> well, like, you could hear them, you could still yeah. like, you set up a tripwire with cans or whatever, and then like Santa comes through the chimney because Saint Nick came <laughs> like through. You're trying to trap him or something. Saint Nick came through the keyhole. Uh huh. Santa comes down the, the chimney. chimney. Yeah. And but I wanted to set up a bunch of stuff in front of the chimney, so we'd hear him come, and then I could, you know, see him. Yeah. Uh, but my mother just catch him in the act. Yeah, my mom just said like it wouldn't work. She's like, well, it won't work because he won't be caught. You'll never see. Oh, him. I think that might have been one of the reasons we got. I can't. I can't remember. I thought it was something that, something to the effect of, if you set up a camera, he won't come. Right, <laughs> he's shy or something yeah, like that. That's like the kind of thing. <laughs> and so I was like, it won't. Like, and the threat of him not coming was well worth not setting the. You know, yeah, like, like trying what? To he's footage. not going to come. Right. If you try to catch him. Like, I'm not going to risk mm-hmm. not getting presents just to try to. Right. Prove something here. Just, right. Just for something. <laughs> just to get some Santa Claus. But Santa Claus on video would be huge because then you could take it to all right? your friends and be like, guys, for real, Santa is at, was at my house. Yeah. It, I don't believe you. I got the tape. It's like those paranormal investigation mm-hmm. programs where you just like, you're like, I just want to see something that's really good, really compelling, mm-hmm. clearly not faked. And well, every time I could tell their videotape when I was seven years old was clearly not well, faked. Well, see, so they have evidence. Yep. It was about just about <laughs> as good as the ghost hunters. So uh, I didn't know it was funny, but I always, I always thought that was a, a fun videotape that they had Santa. That's pretty cool. But let's get back to Iceland a little bit. All right. So Iceland has a mythical giantess who lives in the mountains. And uh, so Grilla mm-hmm. is her name. Grilla or Grilla. She's been around since at least the, uh, the 14th century. And she's linked to Christmas in the 17th century as the Christmas Ogress. Okay. So, I mean, she'll do that. She detects children who are misbehaving year round. And at Christmas time, she comes from the mountains to search nearby towns for her meal. She leaves her cave and hunts for children. Oh, then she devours the children as her favorite snack. I, her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids. And she's always hungry. <laughs> According to legends, there's never a shortage of food for Grilla. And, oh, she's also been married three times. Yeah, wow. so right gorilla gets married. She, like someone's like, you know what? I know she eats children. It's kind of like that woman that was going to uh, marry uh, Charles Manson. Right. Or it's like, well, you know, everybody has little bad habits. I mean, right. she I, can, I can look past it. I love her. Right. She's really sweet. Um, yeah, she, she eats kids. But you know what? She's got a good heart. You don't know her the way I know. <laughs> so she's been married three times. And um, her third husband, Lepaludu, is said to be living with her in their cave in the lava fields. Oh, and the Yule Cat lives with him. That's one of the legends. That's kind of cool. Is that Yule Cat's there too. I like it when they group up like that. Yeah, it's like a team. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the superheroes of children <laughs> eaters. Well, she's got sons too, 13 of them, the Yule Lads. And they come on each of the days of Christmas. 
okay. And they will come and they'll bring little gifts if you're good. And the um and well, and they'll bring beatings if you're not. <sighs> and so the Yule lads, there's uh Sheep Coat Claude, whose Icelandic name is Estelka Yarstor, and he harasses sheep but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. So he is a legless sheep harasser. Oh man, that's And he comes on the first day of Christmas. Uh, then there's Gully Gawk the second day. Uh, he hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steals milk. That's the milk stealer on the second day. The third day is Stubby. Oh, no. Stufior, abnormally short, steals pans to eat the crust left on him. So he's the kind of guy that steals pans to eat the crust okay. left on him. Okay. He's really hungry. Stubby. Spoon liquor. They're all really hungry. Uh, pure sliker. Well, it's because their mom only eats kids. Uh, he um, steals spoons with uh, wooden spoons with long handles. Is extremely thin due to malnutrition. So I think I saw him in one of those uh, Save the Children commercials. Pot scraper steals leftover from pots. Pots get fell. Bowl liquor hides <laughs> under <laughs> the bowl liquor hides under beds, waiting for someone to put down uh, their ass cure. Well, him and spoon liquor should like. Team work up. together right because right, they'll leave the spoon in right. the bowl Two you lick one. the bowl i'll lick the spoon <laughs> let's get out of both here. lick under the like both hide on the bed uh the door slammer likes to slam doors at night the hurtskeller skur gobbler is a yule lad with an affinity for skur okay skur is a kind of like icelandic yogurt oh okay like a gotcha. treat they, they used to give it to you on iceland air so they give, the first time I went to Iceland there when the country was rich, mm. <laughs> it was awesome. Like the food was awesome. You get the scare, it was delicious. The second time, no food, so just cold looks. Aww. The sausage swiper. Yeah. Watch out for uh, Bjogna Crooker. He'd hide in the rafters and snatch sna- sausages oh, that were being man. smoked. So if you're smoking sausages up there, what a jerk. Uh, the sausage swiper would steal them. Uh, the window peeper. There's always got to be one uh, who likes to watch. Glugger was a voyeur who would look through windows in oh, search of things might, to steal. That might be the creepiest right. one. Right. The window peeper. Like, he comes on December 21st, so he's coming tonight. The doorway sniffer has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses uh, to locate bread. Got it, Pufur, the doorway sniffer. The meat hook. It's got a, he uses a hook and he steals your meat. Cret crooker. And then on Christmas Eve comes the candle stealer. Follows children in order to steal their candles. At, oh, which in those days were made of tallow, a type of fat. And so they were edible. Mm. So the candle stealer, Kurtznecher, uh, would sneak up mm. behind you and eat your tallow candles. Man, that is a motley crew and that's a hungry crew. Yeah, that's a hungry crew of Icelandic Yule lads. Yeah. Their mother, uh, her mother's husband, and then the cat. And they're all hungry Gross. all the time. Mm. So that's just a little bit of our Christmas monsters. Uh, this year you can wow. you can thank you can thank Jesus that the Christmas monsters hopefully aren't gonna come for you. That's right. So as long as you're behaving, but if you have kids and want to use them to behave, you've uh, got so many to choose so from. So many traditions throughout it's the just... world that you can have a multi-ethnic kind of that's right. Christmas. Threat. Yeah, a multi-ethnic <laughs> Christmas threat. <laughs> And we hope that we helped you a lot. All right. After talking so much about those nasty and horrific villains of Christmas time, we wanted to leave you on a more cheerful note since, after all, tis the season. So in the spirit of the upcoming holiday, and along with our wishes to you for a wonderful Yuletide, today's featured song is Sunspot's take on the Christmas classic, Santa Baby. Christmas list Come and trim my Christmas
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Who kills kids? Father Whipper does.